Hello, and welcome to the Vlogging Pod. Tonight, we are joined once again by the fabulous author, Sherry Nichols. <laughs> welcome to the room, Sherry. Thank you so Thank you much so for much having me, Erie. It's a true pleasure to be on again. Oh, I'm, I'm so glad to have you back. You were fabulous last time that you were on, and I'm sure you were going to be just the same tonight. Um, speaking of that, tonight I thought we could dive a bit deeper than our last interview and basically talk about the basics of writing. So let's start off with idea building. I read, I read that you gain a lot of insight from Harry Potter, Practical Magic, and charm. And I have to admit a few of my favorite books, by the way. <laughs> so tell us of the inspirations um, here among those few that I just mentioned. Sure. So, so I have always wanted to be a writer. writer. I'm hearing a little echo. Sorry. That's all right. Um, I'll keep going. I'll keep I, yeah, keep I, going. because I, I knew I always I wanted to write from way back. Way back. back. I started writing I started short writing stories, stories, but I think listening, listening to Harry Potter, Potter audio books, reading, reading the books to my children, I think I read books maybe four times, listened to the audio three or four times. I was completely obsessed. And then I read the fan fiction. And it gave me the and idea, me the idea that that I start writing my own story. My own story. So, so that's so, it. Yeah. And, and you know, the same for me, it manifests it itself manifests in dreams. Dream. I start having dreams. Having about dreams. And then I and start then I And then I just then I just stories. stories. And I've always and been, I've always been a of RWA, RWA, romance writers, romance writers, and I've always taken and I've always taken classes online, online and, and, and you know joining you know, joining and you have these crazy, crazy ideas, ideas and wonder wonder actually actually go somewhere, go somewhere. and it's and it's, it's a process, process. It's submitting 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 to agents, to agents editors editors. Small publishers, contests, tons, tons of, of, but certainly but those, certainly those books, you know, practical magic, all the Harry Potter, such tremendous inspiration for me to create my own story, create my own world. Right. I'm going to block you just for a second. I want to see if that takes care of the echo because I'm hearing it now too. Okay, let me unblock. Now, Alice, let me see if we cleared that up. Can you hear me, Sherry? Is it awesome. Yes. I don't think we have an echo now, so that may, hopefully that cured that up. Excellent. I tried muting myself to wipe, maybe thinking that we were having feedback, but I don't know if that was it. Like I said, there's always something. <laughs> um, so... So you gain inspiration from everything that you read and you take in. That's what I'm gathering from what you're saying, correct? Yes, I get an idea from a film, from a book I read. And then maybe I just put something down. From there, that's the seed to create the story. 
and the what if. This, this could happen and then the idea with a critique partner maybe with a with a beta reader maybe with a friend and right so many have advice for authors and i've read that you advocate critique groups like you just kind of mentioned can you walk us through the ways and that you can get involved in one Yes, in critique yes. groups. Absolutely. In fact, I, I, I certainly am not, in, not it, in it, but it just but sort of worked out, out that way. Okay. For me, For me I'm a member of the New Jersey Advance Writers. It was sort of, sort of I, have not, I have not ever online dating, my, from my, from my, my understanding, understanding thing. Thing. you get paired, you get paired with, with yeah. the piece I got paired with you talk to them on the phone, on the phone. initially, initially there was a few texts back and, back and then we met, then we met to decide if we were compatible. compatible. They all liked each all other. Liked each right. Uh, afterwards, afterwards we, I said, can I, said, I give you a call? And then we and decided, yeah, this is this is going to work. We didn't all write in the same genre. We we all wrote in different genres, but I think it, our our feedback was complementary to to everyone's work. So that's how it really started for me. Now, I got so busy with so many other things going to graduate school as well as writing other manuscripts that i just didn't really have the time to keep up with the critique group because of course you're you want the feedback on your work but you have to also of course put the time in to really give a positive i want to say positive uh critique to someone else that's not to say every single line is going to be golden but you you want to give something encouraging back so that that writer can take it and create something fabulous from it. That makes a lot of sense. And the feedback is from me. So I muted myself. <laughs> Just so you know. Um, so that makes a lot of sense. So you're saying that you're not in a critique group at the moment, correct? I'm not in a critique group at the moment. At the moment, I, I'm using beta readers and actually for grad school i literally just found out that i have to submit 10 pages of my manuscript my my thesis that is going to be due at the end of the program to three other critique readers three other readers who are going to be part of my critique group and then of course i'm going to get their uh manuscripts as well so let's see what happens with that and that is cool. I didn't know you were in school. When did this start? When did you go back? I went back in June and I'm doing a program. It's a master's in creative writing at Wilkes University. And ironically, my mentor in the program is someone who is a incredible, incredible writer, uh, author. And I've known her through New Jersey romance writers and Liberty States fiction writers and RWA for years. And we've always been friends and she's hugely successful. And I requested her as my mentor. So I feel very privileged to, to have her as my mentor. 
That is awesome. I, I have to keep remembering to unmute myself. <laughs> so, um, now, another point I wanted to bring up is um, when I was doing some research on you, like I like to do with all my guests, we talk about, when you talk about writer's block and plotting, um, you said the main culprit for that is the plotting. Can you explain that to our listeners? Sure. And this is something that I struggle with so much, Erie. Even having five books out there, I still struggle with plotting. That's always something that I, I need to, to revisit. So writer's block to me in my, in my experience is when you simply just have not spent enough time with the manuscript. When you're sitting in that chair and you're working on your pages for, you know, blocks of 30 minutes, which is what I try to do day in and day out, and you're trying to get a word count, you're, you're getting so many ideas, you can't even write them all down. You're getting ideas while you're driving, while you're in the shower, while you're doing the dishes, while you're doing the laundry. It's really just becomes so immersed in every aspect of your life. For example, I'm working, uh, I, I know this because I'm experiencing right now, I'm working on a new novel that is not part of the thesis program or the, the master's program as far as my thesis. I'm working on a rom-com. So surprise, I'm switching genres. And I'm working on this rom-com and it's about two chefs competing for a contest like a top chef contest. I'm, I'm obsessed with all those cooking shows. And I was really gaining some great momentum on the story. And then I had to really put it aside because my semester was coming to an end and I had a tremendous amount of work with that. I got my copy edits at the same time for the book that's coming out in February, the fourth book in the series after midnight. And then um, my part-time job, end of the year, as you know, gets very busy. So I'm currently trying to work on that. And then of course, with the holidays around the corner and the kids coming home and the family getting together, I, I have tried to open the document and I sit there for about 10 minutes and it's nothing's coming out. So it can be very frustrating. It can be very frustrating. And it's, it's simply a lack of not spending enough time with the manuscript. In terms of the plotting, I have read prior to my master's program, I've read a lot of books. Lisa Crone does a very good book, uh, Wired to Story, which if any of your listeners have read that book, or have not read that book, I highly recommend it. It's taking the character's wounds or misbeliefs and creating your plot based on that. In other words, instead of saying, you know, like, let's create a story like Harry Met Sally in a book. These two, the trope is enemies, to lovers, friends to lovers. They meet over the course of time, they become friends, and then they eventually fall in love and there's some obstacles in the way. But really, the way Lisa Crone would look at plotting that out, and I'm just using Harry Met Sally because my 
daughter called me last night and said, I watched that for the first time. And in plotting that, Lisa Crone would say, let's look at the character Sally's misbeliefs. Her misbelief is that she's unlovable, that men just don't choose her for marriage material. So you create scenes that would showcase that. And the same with Harry, Harry sort of being an emotional, you know, um, maybe you would say emotionally stunted. You would create scenes that show that. So that's where, if I'm answering your question correctly, that's where the block and the plotting comes in. I do extensive plotting to try to figure, you know, the roadmap of where I'm going, but I still always run into snags where I have to put it aside, call a friend, call a beta reader, or, you know, text with someone and say, I don't know where I'm going right now. This isn't making sense. So yeah, it's still something that I, I'm constantly working on. I understand that. I, I'm not a big plotter. <laughs> I am like the total opposite of that. I am not a big plotter. Um, I've written 12 books. Um, I haven't published anything lately. I have like, but I understand the further you get away from your books because I have six books I have not finished. A few of them, they only need a few more chapters and then the editing process, but I have not done them. Uh, but I do notice because my father was ill this last few months and I was a lot of time I was in the hospital and I realized when I sit in front of the computer or tablet in this case with a keyboard I just focused on it I turned everything off and just focused on it to get away from everything that was happening around me and I actually wrote more that way than I ever have so I find when I block myself off from you know what I mean? Outside obstacles. I, I write better, <laughs> if that makes sense. But I usually start off with them. Yeah, it does. I start out with the main premise and then I, I go on. But I, I was a lot like you in the very beginning. I had boards. I plotted everything out. Um, and in my DHC series, I have been told it's like going from one book to the next, like as if you didn't finish the book, which is why I put them in one big book. But they're just a bunch of shorts, you know, and then they add up. Mm -hmm. But I did overplot that one. But now I find that when I write, it's like a book that I'm excited because I, I feel like I'm reading it for the first time when I'm writing now. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's happening next? So for me, it's like, that book I'm waiting to listen to or waiting to read in that case. And when you talk Harry Met Sally, by all means, one of the most favorite movies ever, a classic in my opinion. And with that, I'm going to lead right into my next question. <laughs> Let's take a moment and talk City Owl Press. Uh, can you tell us about them and how you became involved with them with your series Ravens Hollow Coven? Let me mute myself so I don't. Absolutely. So City Owl Press, I only have great things to say about them. They are a small press. So if you're someone who doesn't maybe want to self-publish and you've sent your manuscript out to some of, you know, the big heavy hitters and you weren't getting 
any fault, you know, any, uh, you, you weren't get, getting anywhere, I should say, then going with a small press is definitely the way to go. They do do a lot of marketing. I just had the fifth book put on, uh, I was asked to be on the Fresh Fiction blog site, which is a really cool blog site. So that was great. They've sent my book to Publishers Weekly. So they, they are doing quite a bit for a small publisher. I got affiliated with them again at a writer's conference. It was through I believe it was through Liberty States Fiction Writers. It might have been NJRW, but funny enough, what I did was I had submitted my manuscript. I hadn't heard back, so I figured it was in the slush pile. And then I was scheduled to go to the conference anyway, but I realized at the very last minute that a representative from City Owl was going to be there. So what I did was, because I was not able to get a you know, uh, a 15 minute slot with her. I volunteered in the editor agent appointments, kind of sly of me. And then I snuck in in between and introduced myself and just said, hi, we just started talking a little bit. We found common ground. We're both Ukrainian. And I then said, and you have my manuscript. And it was as simple as that. And from there, I very shortly thereafter, I got an email that said, we'd like to make you an offer. So yeah, I'm four books in with them and all good things, all good things. That's awesome. I mean, to have someone want to publish you and even the way you weaseled your way in there, <laughs> I shouldn't say weasel, uh, found a way to make it work for you. That's a better way. <laughs> um, Wrong wording. <laughs> sorry about that. No, um, no. And you know go what, ahead. I know what I, I, sorry, Erie. I wanted to just say you brought up such a good point about writers like yourself, authors who are able to just take an idea and just run with it without really plotting it out. And you get this magic to the end of the story, the spontaneity. And I know that Morse, the great Marie Force, does that and she has i think i don't know 150 books in she's making like a gazillion dollars a month and i did a session with her she has these she's so generous she has these shout out to marie force she has these sessions you can sign up for on her website where you can do a 30 minute just q a with her and ask any kind of question you want and she sort of explained her process to me. She does not plot. It's very similar to what you're doing, which, you know, everything comes to her in a very organic way. And she's discovering the story as the reader is, which I think that's amazing. You are extremely kind to mention my name with such a great author. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> I would never claim to be as great as she but um, I do enjoy the process. Um, I write just for myself. If someone actually picks my work up and they like it, then it's like, yes. <laughs> but for me, it's like that book that I'm waiting to read when I write. Yeah. And I, I, it's, very, it's a very unique process. I, I think I simply love the process. Not so much publishing. The publishing I could do without. I mean, I put it out there, yes. 
But I think I love the process, the writing itself, because to me, it's like getting into a new book. And so, you know, but I think every writer really is like that. And so with us talking about your books and your introduction of the Raven's Hollow Coven with the City Out Press, tell us about the series and please, if you would, tell us about that October release, Midnight Cravings. Yes. So the series is set in Raven's Hollow, which is really Hoboken, New Jersey. When I first started out to figure, where am I going to set this novel? I have a friend who lives in Hoboken, and I literally spent about eight hours just going all over the entire city, finding places that would be perfect in the novel. And every single place that we visited is in the course of the series. There's Elsian Park, there's Elsian Cafe, there's a spooky, spooky cave called Sybil's Cave, the W Hotel where the hero and heroine meet in the uh, second book. There's sports bars. I mean, I, I used everything. So it really became very vivid to me and hopefully vivid to the reader. So it's it's basically about groups, and this overarchs to every book. It's about a group of friends, witches, who are living in a coven together, and they all share in the profits and the joys of working at a magic shop. So each one, again, a little bit of practical magic there, each one has a different skill set. One is a tarot card reader. Jillian in book two. The heroine in book one is a psychic and she she does readings for people based on, uh, you know, just touch touching their hand really, which I actually had someone do that for me. It's really, really eerie and no, no pun intended. <laughs> and my heroine in the third book, Midnight Craving, she is actually a vampire. And she finds out that, you know, through a series of events, through trying to solve a murder case, that she actually has the ability to read crystal balls. It's called crystal ball gazing. So it helps solve the murder case. So, um, and my heroine in the fourth book is an astrologer and she is got that gift to match people up. So she's a matchmaker that uses astrology. And again, very practical magic. It's got a curse in it. So it's about all these friends. The first three books, they're all what you would consider, um, we're calling them urban fantasy. You can call them paranormal romance with a suspense element. All three of those books have a murder that happens and the hero and the heroine trying to solve it. The backdrop, as I said, is Raven's Hollow. And there's also an MBI which is sort of like the Men in Black. The MBI is the Magical Bureau of Investigations. And they are the group, the secret agency that goes after 
the criminals that are wreaking havoc in this town. And it's, I also took a little bit of the HBO show. Oh my God. Why can't I think of the name of it with about vampires? Please help me here, Erie. Um, it's one of my favorite shows. Oh my God. Oh my God. Are you speaking about the Anne Rice one? True Blood. Interview with a vampire? No, no, no. The no, no, no. HBO show True Blood? Oh, True Blood. Yes, yes, yes. So, That's a uh, Suki Stackhouse series. Suki Stackhouse. And yeah. it's where humans yeah. coexist yeah. with vampires and other creatures. So that's how my that's world how is. Everyone is out Everyone in the open. Nobody is hiding. There's supernatural dating sites where vampires can date humans, where um, demons can date humans. In book three, we have a sexy demon who's a special agent. And he's been in all three, he's been in the other two books as well. And our heroine in Midnight Craving is a vampire. And it's got a little bit of miscongeniality. She starts out, she's, you know, kind of hides her looks. She wears baggy, baggy clothes and she's got the unibrow and she's very low key. And they sort of have a very, uh, antagonistic relationship but really beneath the surface there's some annoyance sexual tension for sure and there's some admiration and what ends up happening is they're assigned to a murder case and the person that gets murdered without giving it too much away we find out there is possibly a killer on a dating site, on a dating app rather, that it has come after her. So my heroine has to go undercover and lure out the killer on this supernatural dating site, which we see in book two as well. So it's all sort of gels together. Nice, <laughs> nice. Um we're running out of time, but I did have a couple more questions. So you want to stick around for just a couple more? Sure, I'd love, right. love it. Awesome. I have to keep remembering to mute my mic so we don't have the feedback. <laughs> um, not, this is the first time I've had the feedback, so I don't know what is going on with that. It could just be the, the way it's set up tonight. I don't know. But with that, with the questions in mind, um, with your book, let's talk with your books. Let me make that plural. Let's talk briefly about your process. Can you elaborate on from idea to writing to publish on how your path to success works for your books? I hope I emphasize that correctly. Oh, thank you. That's very sweet. I, I usually start out with character, character sketches where you know character charts whatever you'd like to call them where i try to get some basic ideas uh general information about my characters and i have some different templates that i use and once i'm done with that i have found a few different plotting worksheets that i've been using uh including the lisa crone she has a pretty good plotting template there's a couple others that i use and then i try to just 
I handwrite it out. I don't really do it on the computer because I think it gets a different part of your brain working when you just sit down on the couch or sit down at the desk and just with a pen and just write in these boxes, okay? What what is their wound? What is it they're looking to achieve? What is their big motivation? And where's the conflict, inner and outer conflict? Sometimes I will also pull out my trusty GMC by Deborah Dixon, Goal, Motivation, and Conflict. And sometimes I'll use those charts as well because I think motivation is so key, you know, to what, what's going to happen throughout the book. So I do that after I have those things compiled. Um, I, I do, again, probably a little bit more of a formal outline and then combining sort of, you know, plot points, bullet points, if you will, and with the characters. Uh. My apologies to our listeners and especially Sherry Nichols. It seems that we got cut off within our podcast this evening. So my sincere apologies to Sherry and all those who are listening. Sherry was our last guest of 2022. We will be taking the next two podcasts off for the holidays since they're so close to Christmas and New Year's. I want to take a moment and share with you guys just the fact that over the 14th, we were listed on Amazon as... I want to make sure I get this correct, our featured podcast. So I'm delighted to tell you that that podcast was Chasing the Darkness with Cassie Sanchez. And I'm so happy that we were featured. Thank you so much, our listeners, because you make that happen. We'll see you guys in 2023. Until then, happy holidays. Best of the new year to you. We'll see you soon. Bye bye for now.